Everybody get a small Okay, we turn with Siyata Dishmai, the second parak of Sefer Shmuel and Shmuel Aleph. We concluded our last week with Pasach Avav in contradistinction to the sins of Eli Chofni and Pinchas and the rebuke, somewhat of a mild reprimand and rebuke that Eli issued to his children. In contradistinction, we encounter the Nar Shmuel, the Shmuel who was always Bebechidus and Nar, no matter how much he aged, always retaining that youth, that vigor, the dynamism, always excited about his Yiddishkeit and he is Holech Begoldel Vato. He is continuing to become great, even though we already read and Pasuchaf Aleph, just a few psukim previous. Uh, we witnessed the mention of Vayigdal Hanar Shmuel Im Hashem, that Shmuel. I was growing together with Hashem, not just walking together as Hashem, but it was Im Hashem together, not just Chos and Vekala, but as we conclude in the Sheva Brachas, the ultimate completion of the union is Chos and Im HaKala. Shmuel was walking not stam together in an incidental fashion, but he was one in one with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Vayidil, and he was growing, but he didn't stop growing as the grow writes in Mishlei, never stop going in Yiddishkeit. There's no such thing as maintaining the status quo as the mere maintenance of the status quo a yid is always steiging, is always growing. If you're not growing, then willy-nilly, you're always going down because of that ubiquitous presence of the Yitzhara. Always have to be growing, always have to be steiging. That's why the Nabi Zechariah writes, who are not like the angels who are omdim, who are merely need sovereign. They remain idle, emotionless. They're not growing. They're forever stagnant. That's why Malach sounds a lot like Melach, 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 what is salt? A preservative. And maintains the status quo. Nothing grows in salt. You're part of Sodom. Sodom is not interested in growing. And therefore, if you're not interested in going meet can I get meet up? How does Hashem Yisbro strike the city of Sodom with Melach, Gafris, Vamelach? Oh, and by the way, it's only mentioned one other time in Chumash after the occurrence of the destruction of Sodom. And where is that later on? And Mishnah Torah, no, I'm saying later on in the Chumash, where else do we mention the Shoshim Zidol? Not coincidentally, perhaps, in Parshas Nitzavim. Nitzavim and Nitzavim. Lot's wife, by the way, turned into what? Not a salt shaker. Wouldn't it be a great tourist site? If you went to our tone, they said, there is Lot's wife, the salt shaker, put in a shekel. And so, no, it's not a salt shaker. And why salt? Why not pepper? Why not ginger? Why not cinnamon? And the whole idea is, because salt is the status quo. Before they had freezers, what did you... Do to preserve the meat, you salted the meat and that kept it status quo. And that is the idea. Sodom, they're not interested in growing and steiging. Sodom is what? The way we are, just leave us alone. Lot says, I don't want to be in company and proximity to Avram Avinu. Avram is introduced as what? As a lechlecha, as a holech. He's always on the move. He's always on the go. Avram Avinu is always moving. And where is he going to? Lechlecha. It doesn't matter where you're going. The main thing is to be a holech. And how does Moshe Avinu end his life? After 120 years, just like we know, now what do you wish a person on his or her 120th birthday? 
Have a nice day. Have a nice day. Even though, believe it or not, there actually is no Makar that says you can't live longer than 120. There are many Makaras that you could. It happens to be that Moshe the gold Hanavia. And so to Rabbi Akiva, was an Itzitz of Moshe Benu. Rabbi Akiva lived to the age of 120. Lived to 120. Rabbi Yochan Medzakai lived to 120. But you could live longer than 120. There are many instances. Rabbi Yechanan, in fact, lived 400 years. Rabbi Preda, Erevin, and Dalla, and Rabbi he lived 400 years because he went over the learning 400 times. So in the end of the day, we could have people living longer, but that's the idea of What happened to Moshe Beno on the day of his death? Pasuk says in the second two, and the third to last parsha, Vayelach. Vayelach, where's he going? Vayelach Moshe. Ask all the Mepharsha. The Torah doesn't fill in the blanks. It doesn't tell us where he's going. Vayelach Moshe. Where's he going? I'm not telling you. El Artesharek of the land. I'll show you in the right time, in the right place. Where's he going? The idea is, life is beyond a journey, a continuous journey. Don't remain stagnant. Don't be an Ome, don't be an Itzav. Lot's wife, she wants to turn back Sodom. She doesn't want to go to Avram Avinu. What happens to her? She turns into not a salt shaker. She turns into a salt pillar. A Nitziv Melach. We know that word mighty well. Nitzavim. Ata Nitzavim. Writes the Sefer Karbonani of Rabbi Yaakov Katina. Ata Nitzavim. The off the joining partials to draw out and highlight the contrast. Ata Nitzavim. But in contrast distinction he's on the move he's on the go that's our job in life always to be on the move always to be on the go never to be settled that's why Ramosha writes when we came down to Mitzrayim what does the Pasuk say not Bo Mitzrayim the expected past tense but in they're continuously coming why? because we're never settled we're not settled in America our homes here are not our true homes we're all, they're only temporary we don't have have to redo the kitchen again every single year. It's just temporary. It's not going to be the forever home. And the end of the day, we're always Baim, we're always Gerim, we're always supposed to learn from Avram, Yitzhak, and Yaakov, the idea of I'm always not a Toshav, I'm always on the move, I'm always on the go. In fact, it's a beautiful Sefer Ilana de Chayai. And it's also born in Chiyuch HaShatorah, the sister of Rabbi Shaya Pick said this var. In Yoni Diyoma, Yaakovino sends a gift, the opening narrative, Parshas Vayishlach, sends a gift to appease Esau. He's getting ready for war. Sends a gift. And what does he say? He says, don't worry. He says, even though Yitzchak gave me, our Tati gave me all the brachas, he says, Lonis Skyma B. I'm just a Geraisi. Lonis Skyma B. What's the idea of Lonis Skyma B? The brachas, heavy Gevir Liachacha. You'll be the Gevir. You'll control your younger brother and how, uh, older brother, but after the birthright was taken from Esav, you'll control. Esav, you will be the Gevir. So Yaakov's trying to now mollify and soothe the anger of Esav. So what does he say? He says, Lona Skyma B. It wasn't fulfilled in me. That's what it literally conveys. What's Lona Skyma B? The word Gevir is spelled Gimel, Vez, Yud, Resh. The letters in the middle are what? Are B. So Yaakov sends a message to Esau. When Yaakov, when Yitzchak said the Brocha Hevi Gevir Liachacha, Lona Skyma B. I'm only a Gerb, Eretz Nachria. Only the Gimel and the Resh, the first letter and the last letter of the word Gevir. But Lona Skyma B. Don't worry, Esau, the B, the Bez Yud in the middle of the word 
Gevir, I were never actualized, and thus I'm only a Ger, I'm not the Gevir to you, you have nothing to fear. Uh, but that's what he is, he's a Ger. By the way, how do we spell the Loshan Ger? Even as it says, Ger is Miloshan Gargir, like the Gargir and Barosh Amir, the little berries. Sometimes a Ger feels he or she is a little bit on the outside, they might feel like a little berry, that's one idea. And uh, I think there's another idea of what? Gerim, we're always traveling. We're always traveling. How do you form the word Ger? Well, we take the third letter from the beginning of the Alabase and we juxtapose it to the third letter from the end of the Alabase. Alabase Gimel, and then of course Ration Tuff. What's going on here? Well, perhaps nothing ever is coincidental. What's the third parsha from the beginning of the Torah? <laughs> And there's only one of the parsha that has the Loshan Halich encoded, encrypted into its name, and that's which parsha as we fast forward to the end of the Chumash. Vayelach, which is the third parsha from the end of the Torah. The Phineas Daiti, it is not at all coincidental. What do we have? The third parsha from the beginning is Lechacha. Third parsha from the end is Vayelach. Where are you going? Avram Vinu has no idea where he's going. Vayelach Moshe, he is not told. Where is he going? The point is, be a ger, always on the move, always on the go. Gimel Reish, third letter from the beginning of the Alapes race the third letter from the end. Take Lech Lecha, take Vayelech. That's the sandwich, the bookends of the Torah. Always be a holech, always be on the move, always be on the go, and that's exactly what Shmuel is, and that's why Shmuel, even when he gets to 10, 20, even when he gets to his old age, 52, but again, it was different in those days, even when he was Shmuel, and even as he got bigger, and he grew older, and he matured, he still remained a nar, and he was always a holech. He got to a spiritual plateau, and he said, what a beautiful spiritual view from here. I got to my Madrig and Ruchani as a person is never satisfied. That's why in contrast, we know the world espouses retirement. To get to retirement, now you got your golden years. Chill, take it easy. A yid never stops growing. What do people do when they retire? Go to another shiur and another dafyomi. And keep going to more shiurim. We're still growing. We're still learning. Happens to be parenthetically the best thing to offset any dementia, any Alzheimer's or Chulay. Always keep the brain going, do your worlds, do your New York Times crosser puzzles, and at the end of the day, get the mind going, but way bigger than wordles and all the crosser puzzles is, and all the rummy cup games, just keep learning, keep growing, keep steiging, and that's the bar, Jews don't retire, there's no music, there's no precedent, and show me a place in Tanakh, oh, and now that he got to this age, now he was able to relax and take it easy, that's not it, we might have retired, but what, to go to more shirim, to do more tyrant, to keep growing, that is Shmuel, he is always holy he is continuously growing. Vegadel is continuously getting greater. Avatov, and he's always what? On the path to Shlemus. Uh, the first description of Sheshus and Mabrashus is it's always described as Tov. Kitov. Kitov, what's Tov? Writes the Ramban and the Maril. Maharal is Marach on this idea. Tov connotes the sense of Shlemus. That's why what's the first thing in all of Tanakh that's described? And the antithetical perspective, the first thing in Tanakh that's low Tov. The first thing in Tanakh that's described as Lotov, keeping in mind the well-known Yesod of the Maharal, the Vilna Gona, the first time a concept appears in Chumash, that defines what it is. You want to know what Lotov means? Lotov means to be alone. Why? Because the Maharal explains, Tov connotes the sense. It's Tov, it's Shlemus. You're on the road to Shlemus. Abister planted all of creation into the world that we know, the existential abria 
connotes what says, it's all here, but you got to bring in Hashabrolo Kim Lasos. You have to bring in Lidei Asiya, you have to bring in Lidei Hashlama, but it's on the path towards Tov. It's on the path to Shlemus. Everything is, it's all Tov. It's all on the road to Shlemus. Something that's a low Tov is lacking Shlemus. That's why we said the other week in Amano, Amano Rachmano Litzlan Amano, writes the Sefer Haksava Kabbalah Pashas Yisro Amano means Amano, missing a piece of herself, missing her other half. There are two sides of a coin. The idea being that one who is alone, it's missing that Shlemus, Loto, Heyosodom Levado, Esalois, Akinagdom, that's why in Yavamas, the bottom of 62b, someone who is Shori below Isha, Shori below Tova, below Shlemus, that is Shlemus. Shlemus is the completion, that is Tova. So he is three separate things. He is Holech, he is continuous, he is Holech, he's on the move, he's on the go. Vigadel, he's not just a Holech on a horizontal plane, he is Holech Vigadel, he's going, he's continuing, he's never stopping to move. Jews never sit still. We're on the move, we're on the go. Always doing something, always reading, always learning. And Vatovi's on the road, a path to Shlemus. And not only a Shlemus, and that's why we have three ideas. The Maral says there are three types of Shlemus. Shlemus, between you and yourself, there's a concept of Shlemus. A person, between you and the Creator and the Boreola. And of course, Shlemus number three, you got three Shlemus. Everything is in terms of three. We had the three of us. Brocha 16b and Korn of us, Shosha. The world rests on three pillars. What are those three pillars? Of us, all of base. Torah, Vodagamilasasad. Maral explains. Why do I need three pillars? Because I have three types of shlemus. How do I get to my shlemus? Torah is what? Shlemus. You can only get to your completion. Torah Torah tells you how to have Derech Eretz Torah to teach you the Midos. We start out the Torah with Sefer Braces to learn from the unparalleled Maise Chesed and Stoka and Mitzvah Samas and Tovim of Avram, Yitzhak and Yaakov. Uh, that is what? That is getting to Shlemus. Torah is what's needed to get to your own personal sense of Shlemus. Then we go into Avodah. What's Avodah? Between you and God. Between you and Akash Ruchu. Karbanas. And Tzfila B'makam Avodah Tefillah is the ladder, the connection between you and Hakadosh Baruch Hu. That's what Shinshin Pinkus, page one hundred two of Shorim Tefillah. Tefillah is Loshen Naftoli. Naftoli is Osios Tefillin. Tefillin is tie yourself up with the parshios of the Torah connected Hakadosh Baruch Hu. Naftoli Rashi says in Vayetze is an idea of Ischabris of Devekus. Leah says I'm now Dovik and attached to Yaakov Avinu. That is Tefillah attaching yourself to Hakadosh Baruch Hu. That's Avoda. Uh, that is Yitzchak Torah connected. And then, of course, Camila Sassadim naturally is Beinola Bein Chavero, Beinola Bein Reehu. That is the Shlemus, three types of Shlemus, three pillars the world rests upon. Maral and Derechaim and Ovis, the very last mission, the first parak, Emes Din and Shalom. You'll figure it out. Emes Din Shalom, connect to Torah, Voda, Camila Sassadim. And that's all about the three types of Shlemus and the Phineas It's exactly what the Navi wants to highlight. Shmuel was Holech Vegaldel Vatov. He was continuing. On the move, growing on the road to Shlemus, Beinola Beinatzmo, Gamim Hashem, Beinola Bein Kono, Begamim Anoshim, and also with other people. He's Holech Begolda He's getting to his own Tov, his own Shlemus. Ayyadei the Torah, Ayyadei his Ruchnius, Gamim Hashem, Ayyadei his Avoda, Begamim Anoshim, Ayyadei Gemilas Hasadim. That's Shmuel, that's the Shlemus. Let's put a Samach there. We're in the middle of a parak, but we ended that parasha. That's the Galus of Shmuel. 
counts in distinction to the sons of Eli. And now, unfortunately, we got to spend the rest of this year today reading the Pesukim about the punishment and the Klola given to Eli and his sons. Uh, it's interesting. In Tehillim Sadatis, it says that Shmuel is connected Moshe Ba'arab. Concentrated on Yelech Moshe, Vayidal Moshe, and we know Tov is associated with Moshe. Another name is Tuvia, the first. So to your base, I'm an olive. So those are the three, and it's also Shmuel. Very nice, very nice, beautiful. Okay, I like it. Very, very good. Olive got a Shmuel. Also connecting to. A beautiful idea. So that's the Shlemus, the Shlemus Shmuel had. And thus we end that section. Now, even though we're in the middle of a parak, let's always keep in mind the Prokim so often make no sense. If I was writing, say, for Shmuel now, I would, just like we have a Samach here, we end this section of the narrative. And then we go on to a new narrative. Whoever did it, now we don't know for sure, but generally, it's uh, bought page 442 in the art school, Yechesko, that it's generally attributed to Stephen Langton, the Archbishop of Canterbury, for the purpose of the Judeo-Christian debates. In the 11th, 12th century, they divided all the scripture into chapters. So it came out and it was done by Goy. And if you read, go through Tanakh, you'll see so many times the division into chapters makes no sense. Why did he put it here? Why did he not put it there? That does not have any source in our Masorah and our cherished hallowed tradition. We go by the Samechs, we go by the Pays, and that's where we end. So you'll notice in your Nach, you have a Samech. That closes this narrative. That's the sons of Eli. And contrast to Shmuel, it's a great closing. And now we're entering a new section, but again, it's a Goya. Goya should cup. That's the Vart. The same way that there was a guy uh, before Pesach he tells his wife that's it I'm so sick and tired of cleaning and cashing for Pesach this Pesach that's it I'm converting to Christianity I don't want to do Pesach I'm going to be a guy and he says from now on I'm a guy and he baptizes himself and he's a guy his wife comes down the next morning and sees him putting on talus and tefillin davening chakras says what are you doing I thought you converted to Christianity he says oh a guy you should cop <laughs> In the end of the day, it makes no sense to division into chapters. You could see that it's someone who really didn't hop, really did not understand how the breakup of what was really going on here. So we just ended a section, and now unfortunately, from Pesach of Zion uh, to the end of the Perek, all about the curse to alien to his sons, because of the sins of Chafri and Pinchas that were delineated in the previous Pesukim, because of the Musr, that was a little bit too late and very, very weak that alien ministered to his sons. He is actually held liable, culpable together with them. So now we will have from Pesach of Zion to Pesach Lamedvav, through the end of the parak, it's all going to be about the curse and the downfall of base Eli. Now let's keep in mind, Kahuna started with Aaron Akoin. And we're going to go back in history now. And Pesach Havzai, not that Eli needs a history lesson, but Hashem wants to highlight the illustrious lineage we started from Aaron Akoin. We know that Kahuna originally was going to go to the Bukhar. And then Makis Bukhar is In the end of the day, what happens? Mila Hashem Eli then goes to Aaron Akoin. It was going to be Moshe Rabbeinu. Moshe Rabbeinu ah, said he didn't want it. And then it says, therefore, it takes, Hashem takes it from Moshe. Here's a Tower Nakoin, Aaron Nakoin. Now, Aaron Nakoin has a few sons, Allah Zari Tamar, Nadavanavio, Nadavanavio, of course, perish, beginning of Pasha Shmini, and again, repeated in Achimos. And thus, we have Allah Zari Tamar. So the Kuna went initially through Elazar, uh, through Elazar. That's what we're going to get to. That's not how it started originally. Originally, Kuna started through Elazar, went through Elazar. And who was the 
descendant of Elazar Pinchas, Pinchas ben Elazar ben Aaron Akoin. So originally it went through what? He got the briskunas olah and went to Pinchas. Pinchas, of course, becomes Eliyahu Navi. Uh, that is the Rabbeinu Bechai, Tanyonis of Nuzil, and others. That's Rashi Mbavu Metzir, Kafyadal and Amad Beis, Rabbi Yechanan and the Yaakov Shemoni. The beginning of Pasha Spinchas, Spinchas becomes Eliyahu Navi when he kills Kozbi and Zimri and he gets as a reward briskunas olah. And thus the illustrious priestly lineage went from Aaron to Elazar and then to Pinchas. But Pinchas lost it. Temporarily, when did he lose it? And Yiftach, the whole story with Yiftach, and also Pilagesh we give up. And Pinchas didn't step up to the stage and he didn't give the proper rebukes. So the lineage then went over from the descendants of Elazar and then it went over to Itamar. And thus Eli, who was a descendant of Itamar, now had the Kuna and it was going to stay in his family. But now that Eli messed up because he gave rebuke way too late and it was way too little, it wasn't harsh enough. He is thus grouped with and held liable with the sons of sins of Chofni and Pinchas Ultimately, the Kahuna then is taken away from Eli, and now goes back to the descendants of Elazar, and that's what we're going to read. But we have to know the Hashivas of Eli. The letters of his name spell what other name in Tanakh? <coughs> Yael. Yael. Writes the Arizal. Listen to this Arizal. Eli was HaKohen Agodo, the beginning of Sefer Shmuel. We saw him, he was the Kohen Agodo, and he was Choshev, very Choshev. He's the one who made Shmuel, who built Shmuel, who was a Novi on par with Moshe and Aaron. So Shmuel only became Shmuel because of Eli's intervention and involvement. Understandably, writes the Arizal in two places, Shar Gagulim HaGdam Alamet Vav, Sefer Gagulim in Perek Memvav, that Eli HaKohen was a Gilgul of Aaron HaKohen. Aaron a coin. This is Aaron a coin all over again, and thus he was the coin god, and he was worthy of all the descendants of Kahuna coming from him. But he messed up, and this is when he loses it, and then it transitions back from the sons of Itamar to the sons of Elazar. But writes the Arizal, he also had an Itzitz of Yael, Yael Osios Eli, Minashim Tavorach, unbelievable, Aaron coin was the Kahuna, and Yael was Mesimus Nefesh, Yael was put her life on the line to kill Sisra, to save Klai Yisrael, Eli was not only the Kohen Godot, simultaneously the Shofet, he had a Nitzutz of Yael, who had a Koach of Melucha, just like Devorah, the Shofetas praises Yael, Yael writes the Arizal Osios Eli, he had a nitzit, a spark of that grand neshama of Yael, but he was a Gilgal primarily of Aaron Akawai, and he messed up. So what happens? He's about to get Musar. Who's giving him the Musar? Ish Elohim. A man of God comes daily. Who was this person? We got to fill in the blanks. So let's turn to our trusted Rashi. And Rashi quoting a Sephirim Azosa tells us, Zeo Kona. How do you like that? Who's the Yishalo Kim? He is Alkana. We were just reading about Alkana. Alkana now is called an Yishalo Kim. How in the world do we know that? Writes the Otsama Fashirashi. Because the Medrash says in Seder Olam, it's a Medrash penned by Rabbi Yossi ben Chalafta Tana. There are 10 people in Tanakh who are branded the choice appellation of an Yishalo Kim. Moshe, of course, is called an Yishalo Kim. Alkana is one of them. Shmuel will say later on in practice, Pasuk Vav, he'll be called initial Okim, but it can't be reverence to Shmuel because he's not called initial Okim yet. We're only going to see Shmuel's initial Okim when he got a little bit older and wiser and became a Navi. That's going to be Paratas. We didn't get up to that yet. So who is this person? It must be 
Ishalokim, and most be Alkano, who now was a Novi, and therefore, Ishalokim Beisazos, that's Rashi and Erevin, and that's how Rashi understands, that's how everybody understands, believe it or not, and I think this adds so much punch to the story. If you have a Rabag in the Mikros Gedolos, you can take a look at the Heliga Rabag. By the way, I know when everybody learns Tanakh, we typically go with what? We go with Rashi, we go with the Radak. Let's keep in mind the Rabbeinu Tam and the Seder Adoros Rabbeinu Tam said that if I were to live, he says, a thousand years, I can never duplicate my Zaydi's parish on all of Tanakh. He says, I could duplicate my Zaydi, Rashi's, Rabbeinu Tam was a grandson, as was the Rajbam. Rabbeinu Tam, of course, was one of the best known grandchildren of Rashi, even though he argues with his grandfather all the time throughout Shas. He says, I can write a commentary on Shas like my illustrious grandfather Rashi. He says, but if I live to be a thousand years old, I can never duplicate my Zaydi's parish, not just on Chumash, on all of Tanakh, because it was written, Mila Bamila Baruch HaKodesh. That's Rabbeinu Tam, the grandson, that my grandfather's parish was written, Al Piruach HaKodesh. Rabbi Berowine in his cassette, remember the old tapes, cassette? Berowine in his biographies of the Gedolim, when he has a biography on Rashi, he says, I don't know when Rashi learned. I don't know when Rashi was a husband when he was a father. He says, if you were to live a hundred years old, you know how many years it would take you just with an ink and quill... Imagine taking a quill, dipping it into ink, and just copy over every word that Rashi wrote. And all of Tanakh and all of Shas is a separate set of Kol Sifrei Rashi. He wrote responses, he wrote letters, he wrote a papyrus on the tefillah. He says, if you have an ink and quill, it's going to take you a lifetime just to copy over every word that Rashi... He says, when did he learn? <laughs> when did he run his pardesim? When did he take care of his four daughters? He says, you see the Hafladikasiyat and Ishmael. It's not he only about so must be that he wrote incredibly fast. They say about the Ramchal, he gave us tons of svarim, and he died before he was 40 years old, and the Talmud of Yerkesim Gordon writes in the third parak of the Sefer Arhaganas that my Rebbe, I saw him write. He wrote miraculously fast, way faster than a human being can write, and I never saw him cross out. So it must be that Rashi, it's amazing just to write it over. When did he learn what it said? That's we have to always learn Rashi. So we have to learn Rashi on Tanakh. We go to the Matsudas David, of course, Matsudas Tzian, which is our Tanakh dictionary, Matsudas David, which flushes it out. And of course, the Radak or David Kimchi. But we cannot ignore the Rabag. The Rabag is one of the greatest commentaries. In fact, the Tamidim of the Vilna Gaon once asked the girl, Where are you going to be in Gan Eden? <laughs> Can you imagine the chutzpah? They asked the Rebbe, the girl. He says, and this is what Rabbi Tzalolanda writes in Agona Chosini Vilna. Story he notes in the Sefer that the Vilna Gon said, I'm going to be near the Rabag in Gan Eden. Going to be near the Rabag. You see, the Rabag was very chosh because the Gra was on a Madrega of Rishonim. So you cannot ignore the Rabag. So let's take a look at the Rabag on this Pasuk. Who's the Yishalukim? Rashi says, and Rashi's based on a Chazal. Uh, that it's a Sifri, it's Alkana. Right? The Rabag. Amru, he also cites the Sifri. I understand that Chazal say it's Alkana. And that's what appears in the Medrash right here in Shmuel as well. But it's the Rabag on his own. Maybe they had a Kabbalah, it was a Masora, that they knew it was Alkana. He says, But we don't find, we've been reading about Alkana. We see it's all about Chana. Alkana was a Tzadik. But we never see anywhere in Tanakh that he was a Novi. So it's a little bit difficult to say that the Ishalokim, it's a term we usually give to a Novi. So he says, I find it difficult.
to say that it's Okono, Shenomar, Kihu Pinchas. It was Pinchas was the Yishol Okim, uh, it was Pinchas who came. Now, why didn't Hashem just tell this message to Eli directly? Eli was a Navi, writes the Rabbah, it could be what? He was so old now. We just read that he was a Zokin. He only gave the Musa when he was a Zokin, Pesach He was a Zokin Me'od. And since he was old, his prophecy powers were not the same. That's what the Rabbah suggests. Or because of the sins of his sons, Chofani and Pinchas, he lost to the Nevuah. And thus Hashem did not reveal himself to Eli directly, albeit circuitous route of the Yishalukim, either like the Safri, like Rashi or Zokano, or the Rabbah wants to suggest, and the Yishalukim was none other than Pinchas. What was the relationship you said? that Eli and Yael had because uh, Yael was a descendant of Yisro and Lazar, the father of Pinchas, married the daughter of Yisro. Is there any connection there? Could be that connection. The reason doesn't say that, but it could be a connection. But there was a spark. It was a spark of Yael and that's why his name was Eli, O-C-O-C-I-L. There was a spark. But it could be. We see that there were connections of Kani, Al-Kani, Machulai and Yisro and those families. Those families did get together. That could be. Some want to say that's where Pinchas got his passion from. What was one of the names of Yisrael? So I said a Shia in this years ago, one of the names was Putiel. When they made fun of Pinchas when he killed Cosme and Zimri, what did they call him? Reuben Putizet. He's a son of what? Putiel. Why Putiel? Out of all the seven names of Yisrael, why was Yisrael called Putiel? Shayimafatim Agolam Lavodazor. When he gave a sacrifice to his gods, he did what? He fattened up the calf. He didn't just give a, an animal, he made sure it was the most kishmaka fat animal that he could he did it with all of his passion with all of his energy and that was Pinchas whatever Pinchas did and you see he was a zealot in the end of the day he did it with zeal and alacrity and enthusiasm that was Pinchas so the Rabbah suggests it was Pinchas Pinchas comes and approaches Eli Vayomer Elav and he says to him he's not rebuking him he's telling him the facts I'm giving you a prophecy Vayomer not Vayedaber Loshen Rocha but Eli you have to know let's go through history and let me tell you Hashem's message to you right now Ko Amar Hashem this is what the Eberster Midas HaRachamim said Haniglo Neglesi a double Loshon for the added emphasis did I not appear I'm meaning what? I appeared in my full glory. I didn't just stop appear, but I appeared. I gave a giloy shrina like never before when I took Klai Yisrael out of Mitzrayim. Anivilo malach, anivilo shaliach, haniglo neglesi albeis Did I not reveal myself to the house of your father, meaning Aaron Akoin, Biosim and Mitzrayim, the base Paro, when your ancestors Aaron Akoin and Klaius all the time, when they were subjected to the oppressive slavery in the land of Egypt, the base Paro, and when they were enslaved to the house of Paro, and then what did I do? And what did I do? I took Beisavicha, I took Aaron Akoin, your illustrious ancestor, and I selected him. I picked Aaron Akoin from all the other Shvatim. Lee, I picked him for me because Shevet Levi belongs to me. Aaron Akoin belongs to me all throughout the Tzavah. It's all the Kacho, Lechano, Lee. And that's the emphasis as well. They're God's people. They don't have a separate land because their land is the land of God. They're serving in the base of Mikdash and the Mishkan, Vachadome. Mila Hashem Eli, the part of Hashem's people, Hashem selected them. Lechohein, to be the priest, to be Lechohein. 
had to serve over Klayasol to do what? The following primary functions. Number one, allow Lois Al-Mizbechi to ascend onto my Mizbech and to be the choice candidates to offer all the Kabbonis. On behalf of Klai Yisrael, not only that, to burn the incense, Ketores, that of course belongs to the Kohanim, and specifically the Kohen Gadol, and Lases Eifod, the Fonet, to carry the Choshen, the Eifod in front of me. The Maral even explains, that's how we know Aaron Kohen was, the Oev Sholem and Rodev Sholem. Let's turn momentarily to Perkeavos, Perkeavos, Mishnah, your base. Hillel tells us, heavy mitamid of Shalarun. Make yourself a disciple of Aaron. Oev Sholem, Rodev Sholem, Oev Yisabriya, you gotta love everybody. That's Aaron Akoe. You gotta love everybody. How do we know that he loved everybody? Ask the Maral, how did Hillel know that? Hillel is giving us a statement. I never saw Aaron. I never met Aaron Akoe. And I know, yes, the Medra says in Kalarabasi that he was Marbus Sholom Bein Ishlishto, Marbus Sholom Bein Ishlishto. We had 80,000 children named Aaron because of all the offspring born after Aaron Akoe put them together. And that's why there were 80,000, just like the Kohen Gadol Dan's. Eight begotten. He is Lamaila Manateva. And the end of the day, Aaron Akoin, how do we know that? Writes the Maral, because he was the one selected by Hashem to carry the Yud base Avnei Achoshen, connected the Shifteka, right by his heart. Who lived with all the Shvatim right on his heart? That was Aaron Akoin. He's the one to light the menorah. Why do we light a menorah for? What does a menorah do? We light candles and our Shams to do what? So who's going to bring Sholem Bayis into the base of Mikdash, into the Bayis of Hashem? Writes the very Yitzchak of Yitzchak Harowitz, Who's going to light the Neiros? Davka Aaron whose whole existence, whose entire essence was, He loved everybody. How do we know that? Because he carried everyone's name, all the names of the Shvatim, right on his lave, right on his heart. And he would light the menorah, which is bringing Sholem Bayis into the base of Hashem. The menorah was made in Mikshachas out of one piece, because it was all about Shalom. The Neiros would all face the same direction. And what is fire? If you think about a fire is the ultimate unifier. Do you ever wonder why are men and women, why are they called Aish? What's man and woman? Ishanisha. What is that essentially? As the Gemara says in Sotli Yedzayin and Aleph, Ishanisha is Aish and Aish with a Yud and a He. That means together, they when they have Ava Benayim, Shechina, Shri Benayim, they bring Shechina. Outside of the Shechina, what are they essentially? Aish and Aish. Why? Because whatever you throw into fire, almost instantly becomes fire itself. Whatever goes into fire, if you think about it, within a matter of seconds or minutes, it gradually is absorbed into the essence of the fire itself. When a husband and wife want to have a romantic dinner, what do they do? Candle at dinner. You put fire on the table. When they want to have a nice uh, night, what do they do? They sit by a, a, a fire in the fireplace. Fire brings Ishanisha together. Even in a camp, when you want to have a camp coming together, what do you do? You have them sit always. You never see people lined up in rows by a campfire. It's always what? In a semicircle or in a full circle. The idea is what? The fire itself invites you and welcomes you to sit around it because that's what Asia is. Asia is a unifier. We see a fire, we want, we're attracted to the fireplace. We love sitting close to the fireplace because of the warmth. And we love the candle at dinner. And we love the Shabbos meal when we have the lights and the 
everything. Why? We see lights, there's tranquility. There's serenity, it brings us close, it brings husband and wife close, it brings the campers in a camp setting close. They unite together in a semicircle or in a full fledged circle around the fire in the middle. That is the idea of the Aish. That's fire, whatever you throw into fire becomes fire itself. Where's the fire? The Aran wasn't one piece, the menorah was one piece because that was its essence. Sholem bias. The menorah is one piece. It has flames, and all the flames face the exact same direction. The tip of a flame is what color? White. What do we know about white? White is the kolo kolo gavanim. White is the color that encompasses therein all the colors of the spectrum. That's what the flame is all about. That brings it all together. And the seven, they come together. And thus, how do we destroy Asaph? Let's go to the Shla and the Navi Ovadja and the Treyasar. Navi Ovadja, Parakalaposi Yerches, Bahaya base Yaakov Le'esh, base Yosef Lahava, and base Asaph Le'Kash. What is Asaph Kash? What is Kash? Straw. Kash, break it down. That's also 400. He comes with the 400 soldiers in this week's Parsha to attack Yaakov. And Kash is what? Kina and Sina. The negative pejorative traits of Esau are Kash, Kina and Sina. How do you consume and engulf the Kina and Sina? How do you combat the Kina and Sina of Esau? Esau is Gematria 376, Gematria Shalom. Esau is Gematria Shalom. Because Shlomo Kalas, Praxayan Pasigadel, Zelu Maset. Esau is the Tzachek negative Shalom. So he is all about Kina Sina, which tears us away. Kina, Taiga Vakon Motsina, Sodom and Olam. How do we consume and engulf the Kina? What's Aish writes the Shlo? Ahava and Shalom. Now, coincidentally, how do you spell the word Aish? Aleph and Shin. Ahava and Shalom consumes the Kina and the Sin of Asa, but the Av and Shalom are incomplete without the tip of the flame. What's the tip of the flame called? The Lahava. The Lahava is the tip of the flame, and that's Yosef. What's the tip of the flame? White. White encompasses all the colors of the spectrum. Yosef is Lashon. Asifa, who gathers all the Shvatim together. Koch of Yosef, Asof, Asifem. He is the Koch Asif. He brings everybody together. That's the white. That's the tip of the flame. Ela told us Yaakov, Yosef, the two of them together. Eish, Lahava, the Av and the Sholem with its completion, eat, consume, and engulf the Kash, the Kina, and the Sina of Esav Arashah. So that's the job of Aaron Akamah. But Esh also has the destructive power to separate people. So how do you balance the two? Excellent. The same thing. Everything in life has a tzadatov and a tzadarala. Kozman, ve'es the kolchevist tachas ha'shamayim. Everything is a tzadatov and tzadarala. Just like Sholom. Uh, what if there's a Russia? Should we make Sholom with the Russia? And the end of the day, Pinchas, God, he didn't even know saying those brisi Sholom by doing what? An act that runs completely contrary to what peace is all about? He did an act of Shvi Chastamim. How about the Mepharshim explain? Sometimes killing for the sake of Sholom, you need to kill for the sake of Shalom. You need to go to war for the sake of Sholom. Hey, God, he didn't even know saying those brisi Sholom. Sometimes you have to do what you just can I get. So Aish has the power to bring close. Aish has the power to destroy. It all depends. For example, if some Sefer says uh, that we have Aish and we have Mayim, two diametrically opposed entities. Which one controls the other? Aish controls Mayim or Mayim controls Aish? Mayim controls Aish when they're not sitting in a vessel. But what if you put the Mayim into a clay? Which one controls which? Writes the Sam Sefer and he brings Kamarayas from Tanakh. We are compared to Aish. And the Goyim are compared to Mayim. We are on fire. 
We are passionate. Torah was given in Aish. Hashem reveals himself to Aish and Moshe. The Goyim, Paro, the Nile, Lior, and Asher. So the Goyim are compared to water, and we're compared to Aish. If there's no separation, which one wins out? The water destroys the fire when there's no separation. The Goyim come out on top. But if we put ourselves in a clay, and we live separately from the Goyim, writes the Sam Cipher, and we go out and to make sure that there's a clay, and we stay separate, then we're the flame underneath that decides how hot we want to heat up the goyim in the vessel on top of us and then fire emerges victorious over the water. The whole distinction is, are we separate? When the Aish and Mayim are in separate places, then the Aish controls the Mayim. If they're not, if they're together, then the Mayim controls the Aish and that's the lesson of some cipher. That's right. I guess to the same question as my mom, excellent. It's everything life, just like Ace of Shalom, antithesis of Shalom. There's a Tzad Tova Mayim and there's a Tzad Aran Mayim. Excellent question. Ms. Berger is raising the question that Gamar says in Tainus, Dav Zayinam and Aleph, Bovakamo, Yid Zayinam and Aleph, that Torah is compared to Mayim. Ain Mayim ala Torah. Shinam Rahai Kod, Samu Luchulamayim. So which one is it? Terence is what? There's a Tzadah Tov and a Tzadah and everything. The Tzadah Tov and Mayim is the what? Like the Gemara says, liquids go from a high place to a low place. Torah is compared to Mayim. It teaches you how to be an Anov, and you can only acquire the Torah if you make yourself lowly and humble. But Mayim also has no Tzura. The Goyim are about Chomer. Amadoma Lechamor, Chumrius, Artsius, and Gashmius. We are the higher realm of Tzura. So in that sense, Mayim has a negative aspect, and we are the Aish. So it all depends which aspect we're focusing on. Mayim has a Tzadatov and Tzadara, and Aish, likewise, has a Tzadara and Tzadatov. It all depends how you use it, and like everything in life, it's got to be the right time in the right place. Same with Kas. Kas Betzim is a negative trait. You now got to be someone who's angry, and yet Chazal say in Adarim, that Kol Tamachocham Sheinah Nokei Venoter Kenachash Eino Tamachocham. A Tamachocham sometimes has to make a Machos. Sometimes you have to stand up for Kavanah Torah, and you have to make a protest. And sometimes a parent has to get angry at a child, or has to appear to be angry at a child. So there's a time and a place for every single Midah. In fact, they once asked the Baal Shem Tov, when is there a good time to be an Apikoros? Midas Apikorosus. When is there a good time to be an Apikoros? By the way, Apikoros is in our alphabet. I don't know if I ever mentioned Shnei Zamalayman. Apikoros is in our alphabet. You know, there were sages, Jewish sages, who were invited to help comprise the letters of the alphabet. What do you think? A, B, C, Alabase, Gimel, Alpha, Beta, etc. It all came from the Alabase. 22 letters of the Alabase was the origin of the letters of the alphabet. So alphabet, Aleph, Bet. So it all came from the Alabase. So when they got to certain letters, Shneir Zalman has a fascinating essay on this. L-M-N. What is L-M-N? They believe that L, L, Aleph, Lamed, their God, Yashka, Aim, Ayin has a mother, but has nobody outside of a mother. There was only a mother, virgin birth, immaculate conception. L, M, Ayin, but nothing else besides a mother. If you believe that, what are the next letters in succession in the, in the alphabet? O-P-Q-R-S, Apikores. <laughs> L-M-N, then you are O-P-Q-R-S, Apikores. Uh, the sages encoded in our alphabet, unbelievable, and it works out so many letters, it's another sheer, but it all works out in the alphabet. So they asked the Baal Shemta, when is it good to be an Apikor? He says, you know what? When a poor person on a Sunday afternoon knocks on your door and says, can I have five dollars for Tzedakah? Can I have money for Tzedakah? You say, oh, can I have food? Can I have food? You say, look, you're an Elohiyad, I'm an Elohiyad, let's take out a Tillam, we'll say Tillam together. You don't need the money, God is going to take care of you. He's That's when you got to be an Apikor. So when the poor person comes 
comes to the door and says he needs money, he needs food, the Baal Shem Tov says, pretend that there's no God. Give him your food, give him your money. And that's when you have to be an apikoros. Pretend you're an apikoros when an oni comes to your door. So every meter in the world can be used for good, can be used for bad. That's all a matter of the right time, the right place. Yes. I was wondering why I thought the Hakatir could tell us why he emphasized that uh, sacrifice, not the others, because another than Abiyah were killed. And maybe he's already hinting to Ailey. This has something to do with your children, oh. the same way Aaron's children. Oh, okay, it could be. It could be that point is also there. I think just in the world of Shud or that was the main. The most choshev avoda of the Kohen Gadol was that Torsa Hagtorsa Gadol Lefrayim Lefnim on Yom Kippur. So something special was way above and beyond the Lolo Samishvachi. That's something that all the Kohanim doing, all the Kabbalists, the Ketoros as Miyuchah to the Kohen Gadol. But it could be, it could be, it's a remez to, to tell him that also that that's he's going to be losing his sons. Last they say for the father, and he's going to be the one carrying the chosh and apron in front of me. Va'etna lebeis avicha es kol ishe bnei Yisrael, and I gave those to the chavdal and manas kahuna. I gave the sacrificing, the fire offerings. I gave the Kohanim, they get to the Gabonis, which is setting the stage. What was the first Avera we read about? If you took them earlier about the Sinachav and Yipichas, they took way too much food. They made the woman wait with the bird offerings because there wasn't as much Geshmaka prime rib and filet mignon coming from the birds. So they always gave priority to the big meat. That's what they wanted. And they made the woman wait. They were held liable for that. And they took way too much of a portion for themselves. So I gave the Kohanim way more than enough that they need to sustain themselves from getting the the shok, the chazay, the 24 manas kahuna uh, from the fire offerings of Menei Yisrael. But what did your sons do? And he's giving Musr to Eli as if he did it as well. Because anyone who sees someone doing Avera and you don't give macha, make a macha, you don't give them Musr, then you are held liable to a certain degree as well. And therefore, the Yashalukim, whether it's Alkana, whether it's Pinchas, continues. Lama Sivatu. Boet. Boet is what? To scorn, to vilify. Why did you scorn Bezibchi? My carbonus, my sacrifices, Ubim and Chosi, and my meal offerings. Why were you Boet? Tevoet of Ateni, you scorned it, you vilified it, you ridiculed it. That I commanded to be bought in my own. My own is my habitat, my dwelling place, and my Mishkan, my base of Mikdosh, my Mishkan here in Shiloh. I commanded that these Karbonis and these Minchus would be bought here, and you were going to get a portion. But what did you do? You scorned them, you made them yours, and they took before they were even one. Did the people really make a hamachal? When did they complain? When they defiled the sanctity of the Mizbeach by taking for themselves before the Kabbalists who offer to Hashem. First you give to Hashem and then you take care of yourselves. And therefore what? And the Ishalukim continues. You gave more honor to your sons uh, than you did to me. Bari is healthy, healthy, fat, full. You gave yourselves the food and you fattened up yourselves. May Rishis, from the best parts of Kol Minchas Yisrael Ami, before my people, what did you do? They bought the Kabbalists and your sons, and because you didn't wake up and give them the appropriate 
harsh reprimand. You were held guilty together with Chofni and Pinchas. You put your sons before me. You allow them to take the best and to fatten themselves up from the best parts of the meats and the meal offerings. And you gave them precedence before me. Therefore, I'm taking away the Kahuna from you. Similar idea. We know the Gemara says in Adarm Sheh Malkitzedek. Who is the first Kohen Gadol? Why did he lose the Kahuna Gadola? First, he gave Avram Avinu a bracha before you see what? To be a Kohen Gadol, the whole Yisod is, you belong to God. That's the whole idea. You are Hashem's Am. You belong to them. Bring them to me, Hashem says. If you put Avram before you put me, then you've destroyed that unique bond and relationship, and thus Shema Kitzedek can no longer be the Kohen Gadol, and it can transfer it over to Avram Avinu, who always put Hashem before everybody else. Who's the first person in the world who called Hashem and Adon, that Hashem's the Adon of the world? Gamar Brachas, Tapa 7b. First one to call Hashem the Adon is Avram Avinu. He is the one who now is the Kuna Gadola. It gets transferred over to Aaron HaKohen, and the Oshem always puts Hashem first, and then it went to Allah, and then it went to Pirchas. Pirchas didn't give to Chacha. Pilegesh begiva, and the Maisa Yiftach, he loses Kuna Gedola. It goes over to the children of Itamar. Elia Kohen, a Gilgal Api, the Arizal of Arana Kohen, takes over the hell. Now, why is he going to lose it? Because he destroyed the unique bond with Hashem Yisbarach. If you allowed your sons to take for themselves before me, once a Kohen puts his own needs, his own wants and desires before the Rats and Hashem, that's it's a pagam in that relationship you cannot have. It's the same way Chayish Shalavit says, David HaMelech uh, sinned on some level with Pacheva. Yes, the Gemara says in Shabbos 55a, Kol Omer, but he says to Nosan Nabi Chatasi, and he didn't lose his Machos, and he did other Averis that the, the Navi describes, and he doesn't lose his kingship. As for Chayish Shalavit, Shola Melech did one sin in his life. What was the one sin? Hashem told him, kill out of Molech, and kill out everybody, and he does, and he loses his machas. Shmuel Anabi is the one. Why? Explains the Mirror Shashifa. Because to me, a melech, that means what? You subjugate your will entirely to the will of Hashem. If Hashem gave you a tzivoy, and you didn't carry it out, you can't be the melech, because you're no longer, that means there's a piece of shawl there. To be a melech means, Rashi Tavis, the Zohar says, mem lam and chof, less David is the ultimate melech because he's dalus vidalus. Loli anoli, he is anochi talas loish. I'm just a worm. I'm here to serve God, and that's it. The one who's called the servant of Hashem more than anybody else in Tanakh, hands down. David melech, David avdi, avdi David. Why? The ultimate evet is the ultimate melech because he's mavatel himself legamri. Shol, there was a pagam and not being mavatel, putting your own discretion, your own mindset into the tzivoy of Hashem. You can't be the Melech any longer. A person could do sins. But David did not sin in that context of relationship. Ailey now sinned because he allowed his sons to put their own stomachs and their own desires before taking care of Hashem, getting the Karbanas. Therefore the Navi Yishol continues. This is the word of Hashem, the God of Yisrael. And that's the emphasis over here. He is the God of Yisrael. He controls everything. And therefore, Eli, you messed up. You didn't give Hashem the Hashivas of being the Hashem Elokei Yisrael. So Amar, Amarti, Beischa, Beisavicha. I have indeed said, for the end and emphasis. I didn't just say, just like 
we read Hanigla Niglesi. Did I not? Certainly, did I not? Surely reveal Almo Amarti. Did I not? Surely say? Did I not? Indeed, say that Beischo Beisavicha Yisholchol Afana Yadolo. I told you what. After the Kuna went back to Itamar, and now it was going to be in Beisayli. It was going to be in Beisayli forever. It was going to be what Beischo Beisavicha Yisholchol Afana. All you have to do what is walk in front of me. You belong to me, and just serve me, and you'll have the Kuna forever in your family. But Alta, now it all changed. Now Numashem Hashem continues. Notice how now we drop the Elokei Yisrael, because what? Eli did not recognize Hashem's Elokei Yisrael, otherwise he never would have made such a begam. So, Lachinim Hashem Elokei Yisrael, now it's Atom, Num Hashem, Now what? God forbid, there's no way I'm going to leave the priesthood and your family forever. On the contrary, I'm going to take it away. You know why? Just like Shlomo writes and Mishlei Preches, those who honor the Torah will be honored, those who scorn the Torah will be disparaged. So too, the Yishulakim says, those who honor me, I will honor them. You honor Hashem, He'll make you the Kohen Gadol and I'll leave the Kohen in your family forever. But if you're Mevazit, Obozai, those who scorn, those who are Mevazit, those who Mevite, scorn, revile, and vilify, the covet of Hashem, Chalil Vachas, Yekalu, those people will be cursed, Lashem Klala, they'll be made light, they will be cursed, and Me'aleim, Yishestalik, Me'hem, writes Rashi, fills in the blanks, what? I don't have to do anything, I'm just going to remove myself from them, and I think that Rashi is already removed, Maruma's alluded to, we start in Lachenu, Hashem, Elokei Yisrael, Va'atanu, Hashem, Hashem is taking away, Elokei Yisrael from Beis Eli, and Amela, they're going to meet their demise, because once God removes himself from their family, they're going Going to die. So let's just continue the thought. Hey, and now the days are coming, and now the punishment. And now going to cut off your children. I'm going to take away Chavni and Pinchas, and I'm going to cut off the arm. Not only your arm, your children, but I'm going to cut off the arm of Beisavicha. Meaning what? You're going to sever your ties to Kuna. Kuna will no longer go through Itamar and your family. And there will not be anyone old and your family. Nobody in base Eli will reach old age and the Gemara explains what does this mean? Hafledik, the Chazal of Amasairah that the curse was no one is going to live beyond the age of 18. No one from base Eli will continue. Remember what happens at 18. And now is when you start a whole new life. And Beis Eli, though, I but we had some people from Beis Eli, and they did. Abaye, the great Amora Abaye and Rava, they came from Beis Eli. The Gemara says in the bottom of 18a in Rosh Hashanah, Hi, how did Abaye live to 40 and Rava lived to 40? And Abaye lived to 60. It says they came from Beis Eli. What happened to the curse? The curse is status quo. You're not going to live above 18. But if you're Osek in Torah, Torah is Marech Yamov, Rava was Osek in Torah, lived to 40, and Abai who was Osek in Torah and Gemila Sasodim, lived to the age of 60. It doesn't mean that Rava didn't do Chesed, it just means Abai spent a lot of time, and he made up all that time by living 20 more years, but Ayyadeh Torah and Chesed, you can uproot a curse. Any coincidence that Rabbi Lazar tells us in the middle of 98B in Sanhedrin, and when Shalu Tamidim as Rabbi Lazar, Stam Rabbi Lazar in Shas, in the Mishnah, in Bryce, Rashi says in Yavama 72B, 
to be is Rav Lozer ben Shemua. Rav Lozer ben Shemua was in the five remaining Talmudim of Rebbe Akiva and Yavamas the bottom of 62b. So we have Rav Lozer ben Shemua and they asked him, what should a person do to be Nitzel from Chevli Mashiach? How do you get saved from all the anti-Semitism today? How do you get saved? He said the answer is, Yasok Petorah why? Because that can save anyone. You can be a descendant of the house of Eli, and you can be living with a curse hanging overhead that says no one from the family of Eli will henceforth ever live beyond the age of 18. You can say extend your life. Avod, Avod is connecting to Hashem, but Torah and Son have unique properties uh, to go ahead and overcome any of those curses. And that's why basically now you'll say it's a very harsh punishment. The idea is, The bigger you are, the harder you fall. If you are given the most illustrious status in Klayasol, you are a Kohen Agodo, and you are there to inspire the masses. And to serve the masses and to be the role model in UMSO, then what? There will be no other role models coming from your family. Eli did not Musa, Chafni, and Pinchas messed it all up. For all the descendants of Eli, there will not be a Zokin Bevesecha. And what's going to happen? He Ma'on. You will see a Tsar Ma'on, a new rival Kohen, someone not from the house of Itamar, someone back to Alazar. With all the good and all the good times that I'm going to do for Klayasol, and the Nochmo yet again, nobody will be a Zokin, nobody will reach. Old age, and your family, when I build the base of Mikdash in the days of Shlomo, Machule, in the end of the day, your descendants will not. That's Mida Kenegamida. What's a Mida Kenegamida? Rashi says, They ate the Kabanas before the Zaman. You didn't offer the Kabanas in the right Zaman. I'm going to cut off the Zaman of your children from you. And that's the idea. I will not completely cut off any of your men from my Mizbech. To make your eyes pine. To make your soul sad. All those who are raised in your home, they will all die as what's Anoshim. Rashi says here means Bachurim. And they will all die at a young age. And that's going to be the Os. Interesting, we didn't know their names until now. Now we know their names. The answer is, because it was all about Eli. You were the father. You were the Kohen Golda. You should have given them Musar. You didn't give them Musar. I'm giving you a sign now. You're going to lose your children. They're going to die in the same day. And now what? In accordance with my leave nefesh, I am going to make come arise a Kohen Neman, a faithful Kohen. Obanisi lo bayis Neman v'salik l'fanei m'shichik kol yamim. I will continue with this next week. Why do we wish every chos and kalo? You should build a bayis Neman in Yisrael. Where does bayis Neman? Right here, bayis Neman. And in the end of Baloischa, Moshe Benu b'chol beisi Neman who bayis Neman in Yisrael. We start next week with Shevar Brachas Taira and Metzushem. What exactly does it mean, Abayas Neman? Why is that the ultimate bracha? Why over here is the contrast? Base Eli, Abayas that is Neman. We'll start with this next Monday. See you out then. Shmai, continue on to the third parak. Have a great day. Fantastic week ahead.
That was Uso doing Right, so the Rizal says that uh, Pirchas was actually the main teacher of Nadav and Abir. There was a Nitzitz when it came to Uzo, but the main Gilgul was Pirchas. That's why Pirchas became Elio Navi. Pinchas is Gematria 208, writes the Sefer Panam Yafas. Elio is 52. 208 and 52 is 260. The Gematria of Nodov the Avil, the Elio Navi, is Gematria 208, Gematria Pinchas. Pinchas is Nodov and Avil and Elio Navi. And that's why, what does the Pasuk say? Pinchas ben Elazar ben Aaron Akoin. Pinchas was like Aaron Akoin because he had a Nitzitz of the Neshavas of Nodav and Aviyu and him. So, in a sense, he was like the son of Aaron Akoin and he did the Tikkun of Nodav and Aviyu. That's why, even before he went to kill Kazmin Zimri, he went to ask Moshe Beno. One of the sins of Nodav and Aviyu was they were more halakha.